If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Tonight on Revolt Black News Weekly. My kids were a different color. That person would have been already locked up. It's been one year since the Oliver sisters were found drowned and murdered in a Cass County, Texas pond. But now, new information police may have known all along. And he was wet. I noticed that. From Gone Girl to Girl Bye. My name is Carly Russell. How Carly Russell's hoax unraveled. It really could hurt the thousands of people of color that are missing. And the consequences of her lies. I don't want to see anything happen to her other than her be allowed to say I'm sorry and move on. COVID conspiracies. Nobody is born deficient of a vaccine loaded with a bunch of toxins in it. Some are claiming the vaccine is the reason so many black celebs have gotten sick recently. I just don't want you to see me like that, man. Is there any truth to this, or is it just dangerous misinformation? Then... The outside world has always told us who we are should not be celebrated, and boy, were they wrong. The legendary Miss Lawrence is taking us to the ball. Here I am sitting at Revolt TV, honey. All that and more as the Black News Revolution starts right now. everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mara Escampo. Last week marked a year since three sisters were found dead in a pond in Cass County, Texas. The girls, ages five to nine, were sexually assaulted and murdered. You'd think that a triple child murder would be a priority for law enforcement, but that doesn't seem to be the case here. Now, Revolt Black News has uncovered explosive new documents about secret information authorities have known since the very beginning. This is our first close look at the pond where three Texas sisters, nine-year-old Ariel Robinson Oliver, eight-year-old Amaya Hughes, and five-year-old Tamari Robinson were found dead last summer after being reported missing by their cousin and babysitter, Paris Props. Initially, I was told they had drowned, uh, accidental drowning, but after the autopsy report came out, I was told that they were strangled, they had lacerations to their faces, and they were also, yes, sexually assaulted. Now, on the anniversary of this awful crime, neighbors are coming forward with bombshell new information. I gave him my house phone. Josephine Webster says she was coming home from work the night the girls went missing when she was stopped by the babysitter, Paris, who asked for help in making a call. And uh, he called her mom because I could hear on the phone and uh, told her that the, they, the girls hadn't showed up. Josephine also remembers what may be an extremely important detail in this case. And he was wet. I noticed that. Now, Revolt Black News has uncovered additional information suggesting law enforcement zeroed in on Paris right from the beginning. This warrant issued a few days after the murders is for Paris's DNA. And a search warrant for the mother's house issued the same day the girls were found is for any wet or muddy clothing or any evidence of capital murder or murder. 
The girl's mother, Shamanique Wickerson, told us that she did see officers take DNA samples from underneath Paris's fingernails. Yet still, one year later, there has been no arrest. In an exclusive interview with Revolt Black News in June, Shamanique revealed that her cousin had never even been brought in for questioning. To your knowledge, has law enforcement questioned Paris? Uh, they talked to him at the house the day after, but ever since after that, no. What did your four-year-old see? Uh, all she said was that the girls went into the wood with Paris. She just kept repeating it over and over and over. There have been a lot of questions about how Cass County officials have handled this case. The girls were discovered on July 30th, just hours after they vanished. Investigators said they found their bodies in a pond behind me. But officials didn't tell the public they had been killed until March, almost eight months later. The DA says that case is now a homicide investigation. Now, Shamanique has started a GoFundMe to help support her three surviving children, and she held a balloon release to mark one year without her girls or any justice. If my kids were a different color, it'll be a different story. They would not be lounging around, dragging their feet, taking their time. The murders of these sisters have gotten virtually no media attention, highlighting huge discrepancies in how missing black people are covered. But recently, the case of a missing black woman did get a ton of national coverage, only to take a disappointing turn. Harley Russell's disappearance in Alabama lit up social media with droves of people sharing her story, all to find out that it was a hoax. Last week, Russell was arrested and formally charged with filing a false police report and filing a false statement, both misdemeanors, and she's out on a $2,000 bond. But for some in the community, the charges she's facing are too light compared to the damage she's done. The shocking disappearance of Carly Russell, a young black woman reportedly abducted while trying to be a hero, caught the nation's attention, including Natalie Wilson's. When we woke up on Friday morning, we had so many alerts from social media. Hundreds had come to support the Russell family. Natalie immediately noticed the disturbing headlines because she's the co-founder of the Black and Missing Foundation. They've found answers and often closure for more than 400 families who have reported missing loved ones. Time was of the essence. She could have been anywhere. Families with missing children of their own were lined up to help. We did reach out to her family. We did not um, get a response, however, we have a family whose loved one is missing in Alabama, and they were on standby. You know, our volunteers were ready to assist with the search and assist the families. Questions this morning about what happened to an Alabama woman who was missing for two days and is now reunited with her family. The good news of Carly's safe return on July 15th touched Tony Jacobs' heart. When I found out she was fine, my feelings went towards the parents. Like, I know what that felt like. The heartache of Carly's mom and dad weighed heavily on her because Tony's only daughter, Keisha, has been missing for almost seven years. I was glad that their baby was home, and I was like, ooh, you know, and that's the back of my mind. And then I'm like, one day that's going to be me. When we heard that she arrived home safely, we were breathing a sigh of relief. 
But then we wanted to know, well, what happened? But that relief soon came crashing down when Carly's safe return turned to scandal. Alabama police revealing the 25-year-old's bizarre kidnapping story was nothing but a big, fat lie. Turns out her lawyer says she was never kidnapped. The facts, I think, last uh, Wednesday uh, pretty much showed that uh, we knew that it was, uh, it was a hoax. Before this shocking hoax was found out, Carly's disappearance had bubbled into an uncommon moment of national concern that the black community rarely sees. Carly was our first case to go viral and to get that coveted around-the-clock media coverage. Carly was the lead story on network morning shows and TV stations across the country. Hashtag Carly Russell, a top trending topic for two weeks. Authorities now say the story was false. But Wilson says Carly's dishonesty has complicated the countless missing persons cases they work on every single day. There are thousands of other people of color that are reported missing and they're not getting the media coverage of law enforcement resources and we cannot turn a blind eye to them because of this one incident. This is the last known place that my daughter was seen. I believe my daughter's out there somewhere. Knowing the first hours of a disappearance are crucial, Quiche's loved ones are convinced her case could have benefited early on from national public interest when she vanished in 2016. According to the FBI, last year there were nearly 240,000 people of color missing in the U.S. We believe that number is much higher for two reasons. One, Hispanics are classified as white when they are reported missing. And we do know that many Latinos um, classify as Afro-Latinos. And then two, there's a sense of distrust with the minority community and law enforcement. So there are families that are not reporting their loved ones missing. Last year alone, there were more than 97,000 um, black women reported missing. The numbers are staggering. 40% of the missing population are people of color, yet they're not making the headlines. They're not getting the media covered. My family and friends were calling me. People spent all this time sharing this girl's picture and Quiche is really missing. And this Carly made people question, hold on, is this stuff really is everybody really faking? And I was like, no, my daughter's really missing. She is missing. I am hurting. I don't know where my child is. So Keisha's case, um, you know, it's disheartening. She did something that we did as young adults, I left home to go to visit a friend. And sadly, she never came home. The Jacobs family will celebrate Keisha's 28th birthday on August 6th. Tony still remembers their last conversation that September evening as her baby girl was heading out the door. Last time I saw Quiche, she was a little upset because I guess her and her boyfriend had broke up. And I was like, girl, don't get upset about no man. They come a dime a dozen. She was like, okay, Ma, I love you. I said, I love you too. She was like, I'll see you tomorrow. Over the last month, there's been a sign of needed progress. Local news media have expressed more interest in current black missing cases. We have now, because of this incident, have been able to get additional eyes or amplify the work that we do and some of these cases, like Quiche and, you know, Tiffany Foster, Alexis Ware. I think we've done a good job. 
in showing that there are other people that are missing and need our attention. As for this young nursing student facing jail time and smiling in her mugshot, Natalie's not convinced Carly knows the severity of the pain she's caused. I don't know if Carly Russell really understands the impact of what she did. We read the comments and people are saying, this is why I don't share missing persons cases because it's not true. Well, it is true for thousands of families whose loved ones have disappeared. And we do everything that we can to get media coverage around Quiche's disappearance because we just need one person to come forward to help find and bring her home. And advocates like Tony just hope that Carly Russell's lies don't set their mission back and prevent even more young Black women like Quiche from making it home. Somebody seen something. Somebody heard something. Somebody knows something. And I just pray one day that, you know, in their conscience or their deepest of hearts, they'll feel it and want to help. When we come back, how was Carly Russell able to fool the entire country? And why did she do it? That's after the break. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles? And a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Alabama woman who admitted to lying about being kidnapped is now facing criminal charges. Welcome back. More now on Carly Russell. There are a lot of theories about why she planned her elaborate hoax and also questions about the damage she's done to the cause of missing black women everywhere. Well, joining me today to talk about all of this are social justice journalist and award-winning filmmaker Lisa Durden and founder of Black Girl News and content creator Leah Gordon. Thank you both for being here. Leah, I want to start with you. Yes. You have a YouTube channel with a yes. lot of subscribers. Yes. What are you hearing from your audience about this story? Well, a lot of people want her to take accountability for what she did. And it's very sad because a lot of the families just wish they got the attention that she did. A lot of them wish they had the resources she did. And they wish that the community would have came together for their loved one the way the world did for Carly. And that's such a great point because this is exactly the attention that she got is exactly what we have been advocating for forever, which Absolutely. is when a, a black woman goes missing, she should get the same level of attention as when a white woman goes missing. So Lisa, in this case, she did get that level of attention. This was wall-to-wall -wall media coverage. She was in um, morning news shows, one of the top stories on morning news shows, her family members were booked. I mean, this is what we have been asking for. Why do you think this story got so much attention when so many others are ignored? Well, actually, in the beginning, this this story did not give national attention. So we didn't hear a lot about the Carly Russell story. But when Black women jumped in in mass and we made sure that we put her story out there, that's exactly how it got national attention. Because what happens, normally, we don't have the same attention on Black women that go missing or murdered like the Gabby Petito stories. There was not a whole lot being said about Carly Russell until uh, Tina Lawson jumped in the game, which is Beyonce's mom. 
and black leaders got involved and spread the word and said, hey, post this out here. But we're we're saying that, well, what about all the other missing young ladies? A lot of us are out here pushing for other people who've gone missing. So I think it's really unfair to say she's the only black girl getting attention because she's not. Well, you know, you make an important point about advocacy and our voices, but I, I also tend to think, especially as a member of the media, that there is always something unique about the victim that makes people want to pay attention. So in this case, you know, if Carly, for example, was a sex worker or struggled with addiction, do you think that she would have gotten the level of attention she got, or is there a bit of a class issue here, too? I think it is, absolutely, because when I looked at this situation, it made me think about my professor 10 years ago in my journalism class. And what they told me, sometimes black girls and black women have to be the perfect victim. Carly is a young lady that comes from a two-parent household. She's a college student, has an undergrad degree in psychology. She's going towards a nursing degree. She was a part of one of the largest black Greek organizations. She had so many people behind her, supporting her. So of course, I feel because of her background, she got the attention. As well and as she the script. Should have had, yes, I agree. And she should have had so many people behind her. Black people should not feel ashamed. We yeah. should not feel embarrassed that we supported uh, pushing out this message to make sure we spread it far and wide to find this young lady. The only race of people are Black people who stand around talking about how one Black person's deeds speaks to the entire race. I cannot co-sign that false narrative. White people just don't do that. They have all their little crazy Karens. They have all their bad cops running around through the community doing all kinds of reckless things, stealing money, and Black folks are embarrassed about one yeah, but, lonely but, but, girl but, out but, of but, thousands. But Lisa, we do know, unfortunately, that when it comes to us, we don't get the same treatment as everybody else. So whereas you you can have 15 white people behaving badly and it doesn't reflect on the entire race. You have one black person behaving badly and all of a sudden it speaks for all of us. So, Leah, what do you think about the punishment here? I mean, we know that she is being charged um, with a crime. Do you think the punishment fits the crime? And we see so many Karens and people misbehaving all the time and they seem to just continue on with well, their lives. Well, I do. In this case, I do think the punishment fits the crime. Um, and I do think anybody that make a false report should be held accountable for their action because that's, that's something that shouldn't be taken lightly. Like, I talk to parents every single day because I report on these stories. And I just hear them saying, oh, well, the police told me I had to wait 48 hours. Are you sure she's not a runaway? Is yeah. this usual yeah. behavior from your child? And it's sad because in Carly's case, the police did not do that. Yes, all of those things are correct. We're not having an argument about Carly making up the story. That's a given. But what mm -hmm. I need is for that same energy from police departments around the country to gather all their Karens, all their cousins, arrest them for lying and making false reports and wasting taxpayers' dollars. She didn't shoot anybody. She didn't kill anybody. She didn't rape anybody. She didn't rob anybody. We have serial killers that get better treatment than her. They get taken to Burger King. White folks always try to humanize their criminals. Oh, they were beaten up when they were 12. And oh, they were bullied. And that's why they shot up people in the church. No one's in this community having a conversation. Well, maybe the girl has mental health issues. Can we introduce that? So until we introduce all the possibilities and give this girl grace like white folks do, I don't want to see anything happen to her other than her be allowed to say, I'm sorry, and move on. You raised a good point earlier, Lisa, about the mental health aspect, mm -hmm. because I actually do feel a great amount of compassion for her. I think of how far you'd have to, to snap to mm -hmm. actually, not only to conceive of a plan like that, but then to yeah. actually yeah. carry it out. Yes. 
Do you think Absolutely. that there are some, maybe some mental health issues here? I hope that she was really evaluated like they said she was. Um, and I do hope she seeks the help that she deserves. But a lot of things that Carly is doing after the fact is really, it's making it hard for people to actually care anymore. So tell, you know, tell with me the liking, liking certain tweets on social media and of course the boyfriend promoting club parties is making everyone side eye the whole situation. And it's, it's sad, but I do hope that she gets the help that she deserves because... I understand what you're saying, sis, but here's mm -hmm. the thing. Black people, we mm -hmm. must stop with the identity politics. And we're harder on black women than anybody else. Malcolm X said black women are the most disrespected, unprotected person in America. And you know what? He forgot to say by black people. We're doing it. We need an overhaul in our compassion and the and, and the, the heightened judgment and, of course, the disgusting massage in the world. I feel that I've seen the compassion, but I do think a lot of people turned once they found out that it was not true. Because a lot of people that I follow, I can only talk about the people I follow, a lot of them are were victims before, or they are families of victims. So I think that's where the disconnect with compassion comes from. And I think and that's a great note to end on, is focusing on the families of those who are missing, right. um, who yeah. are still out there, and whose families right. are desperately searching for them, because yes. they're the ones who are, who are really suffering day in and day out. Thank you both, Leah and Lisa, for being here. I really appreciate your perspectives. After the break, another hotly debated topic. What do some people say Jamie Foxx, Bronny James, Deion Sanders, and Damar Hamlin have in common? It may not be what you think. That story's on the other side of the break. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Welcome back. Recently, we've seen several high-profile, seemingly healthy black men face sudden and serious medical emergencies, including Jamie Foxx, Bronny James, Deion Sanders, and Damar Hamlin. Well, now there's a conspiracy theory that's bubbling up all over social media claiming the COVID vaccine is at the root of these health issues. Revolt Black News examines what's behind these claims. Listen, 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 listen to me, okay? Get ambulance here now. Breaking news into first take, Bronny James, the eldest son of Los Angeles Lakers star LeBron James, suffered a cardiac arrest. News of Bronny James's recent cardiac arrest lit up social media. Questions filled the timelines. 
The same questions that came up when Jamie Foxx had his medical crisis. I went through something that I thought I would never, ever go through. I just didn't want you to see me like that, man. Deion Sanders was sidelined. Well, I told him that I had a blood, a big blood cut in my thigh that they got out. And I had something below my knee that they got out. And when DeMar Hamlin had a cardiac arrest in the middle of an NFL Monday night game. He was given CPR and then transported via ambulance. All questioning how seemingly healthy black men came down with these life-threatening issues. Many online believe the answer lies with the COVID-19 vaccine. Following the COVID-19 pandemic, the black community still continues to lag in vaccination rates compared to any other race in the U.S. We truly won't know the effects of this vaccine for at least a few years. Some believe this is due in part to conspiracy theories that say the vaccine is dangerous for black people. And despite medical evidence to the contrary, the question on many black people's minds is, what effects will the COVID vaccine ultimately have on our health? After all that we've been through, we are allowed to be skeptical. So what's behind these COVID vaccine conspiracies? And is there any truth to them? Here with me to discuss what is really going on are cardiologist Dr. Bernard Ashby and Minister of Wellness Nathaniel Jordan. I really appreciate you both for being here. Dr. Ashby, I want to start with you because we wanted to have this conversation because we think it's important to respect and address some of the concerns in the community, but we want to make sure this is a fact-based conversation, that we're not giving a platform to misinformation. So if we can just address some of the concerns that are out there. One of the big concerns that you hear from a lot of people is when it comes to the mRNA vaccine is that this is actually changing people's DNA. So can you set the record straight on that? Does the mRNA vaccine change your DNA? It is a mRNA vaccine, meaning that it produces uh, mRNA, particularly in this circumstance, the spike protein. And there is no alteration that we know of of the human genome or the DNA in any way that uh, is documented. And so uh, there's simply no evidence whatsoever that it does that. Uh, there are also concerns about the connection or the potential connection between the vaccine and strokes or heart disease. Is there any evidence that the vaccine increases the likelihood of strokes and or heart disease down the line? The mRNA vaccine itself, what it does is actually stimulate inflammation. Any vaccine does that. Theoretically, if you have a predisposition or underlying atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease, you would anticipate an increase in cardiovascular events. However, when compared to the general population, there was no increase. Now, Nathaniel, I'd love to bring you in um, because you are anti-vax, but you're, you're more so pro-immune system and pro-holistic healing. What's your view on how we should be uh, responding to, the, to COVID, to the pandemic? So if you have a virus that's killing people to weaken their immune system, what they should have done was push healthy living strategies, starting with what we eat. Nobody is born deficient of a vaccine loaded with a bunch of toxins in it. Uh, when we are born, God has given our bodies the ability to heal itself and the ability to have a strong immune system if we obey the biological laws of cause and effect that he has created, first and foremost, uh, starting with what we eat. And I do want to state one thing that Dr. Robert Malone, according to my understanding, he is the founder uh, of this technology. When it comes to the DNA, uh, the understanding is that the mRNA vaccine is forcing the body to produce the spike protein, which is the deadliest part of the virus. 
is forcing it to do something that God never intended it to create uh, to do with the hopes that it will respond favorably to the real virus in in the wild. Dr. Robert Malone has made a lot of uh, claims, and it's just important that uh, we all take a step back and and look at the evidence. We have to be evidence-based when we're talking about this, based on all the available empirical evidence that are, that is out there thus far. That is simply not the case. The underlying concern there is, is a mistrust of big pharma, a mistrust of the healthcare system, and that is something that a lot of people in our community share. Is it fair to say that some of your anti-vax sentiment just comes from a mistrust of the industries that are creating these vaccines? We should mistrust them. Big pharma CEOs, they proudly declare they want everybody on drugs, everybody, from birth to death. That's what they want. And, and vaccines is the best way to do that. The government made the vaccine industry immune from all liability. So if I, if I am a satanic CEO, a satanic racist CEO of a big pharma company, because it's not black people running big pharma. A drug dealer on the street doesn't want people to get off of drugs. He wants you to be addicted to his poison so he can keep making money. So the real drug lords are the big pharma CEOs. So you telling me I can inject mercury, aluminum right into your bloodstream, make you sick. And then from that disease, I have a host of medications. Yes, it's a gold mine. And that's why it's a $2 trillion company. My critique of folks like Nathaniel and others is that there's a very myopic view when it comes to the, the issues related to big pharma and not looking at all the other drugs. I mean, the, the vaccines are just one part of drugs that are available and doesn't actually make them the most money. What I will tell you is that, no, the CDC, absolutely the biggest budget that the CDC alloc uh, allocates for is vaccines. No, vaccines are absolutely the gold mine. Well, it, no, no, it's not. And that, and that could be easily, easily disproven. Uh, and let me, let me just finish, finish my point here, because, I, again, I, I want to talk about where we align. Because uh, all too often, lifestyle gets diminished, and it's, it's to the detriment of our community. And when our population, in particular, goes to seek care, uh, all too often, rather than address the underlying issues, that there's a, a rush to uh, do a procedure or, or give medication. So then, doctor, when it comes to some of these recent cases that we've seen, whether it's Bronnie James or Jamie Foxx, these seemingly healthy, strong black men who are suddenly struck with these very serious illnesses. And they're saying, see, look, the vaccines are dangerous because look at what's happening to all of these people. What would you say to those who believe the conspiracy theories and are now feeling very confirmed in those beliefs? The mRNA vaccines, which do increase myocarditis, particularly in young males, they, they're making the leap between myocarditis and sudden cardiac arrest. And that, to me, indicates a lack of understanding of the pathophysiology of what leads to sudden cardiac arrest. I've seen people come in with sudden cardiac arrest due to coronary artery disease in a blocked artery. And to Nathan's point, that's been going on for decades. That's, you know, years and years of, of terrible food, a lot of preserved carbs, sedentary lifestyle, smoking cigarettes. And we're ignoring these things in order to uh, focus on one particular thing. And you know, why don't you take a step back and, and get out of your your bubble and look at the entire landscape rather than uh, focusing on one particular thing? Because that that is what confirmation bias is, and that is, you know, by definition, anti-science. 
Well, there is a lot of misinformation out there, and that's why we're committed to bringing our viewers the facts. Dr. Bernard Ashby and Nathaniel Jordan, thank you both for this conversation. Well, after the break... Here I am sitting at Revolt TV, honey. We are switching gears. We're going to the ball, honey, and the legendary Miss Lawrence is going to take us there. You don't want to miss it. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Well, our Kennedy Rue is here. Hey, Kennedy, I hear you recently got a lesson in ballroom. Yes, Mara, I did. I caught up with Miss Lawrence at Mary J. Blige's Strength of a Woman event here in Atlanta. And he also stopped by the Revolt studio for a more in-depth conversation that was all about the ballroom. And I have to tell you, we literally had a ball. Miss Lawrence, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It feels good to be home. Yes. <laughs> the legendary Miss Lawrence, known to many from Bravo's Fashion Queens, the biopic The United States versus Billie Holiday, and the Real Housewives of Atlanta series, is back in Atlanta talking about something near and dear to his heart, ballroom. The outside world has always told us, you know, who we are is unacceptable. Mm -hmm. um, who we are should not be celebrated. And boy, were they wrong. Absolutely. Here I am sitting at Revolt TV, honey. For the uninitiated, Ballroom is a fabulous scene that grew from an underground LGBTQ plus subculture of fashion, dance, competition, and pageantry. It's a culture captured in the history-making series, Pose. For many in the LGBTQ plus community, the ballroom scene was a safe space that allowed people to be themselves without the harsh criticism of an often unaccepting world. I have to ask you because you touched on it about how much it meant to you to have that safe space, but talk to me about what ballroom means for the culture. We see what Beyonce's done with Renaissance that was all inspired by ballroom culture. Talk to me about what ballroom means to the culture. It has saved lives. Mm -hmm. For me specifically, I would not be who I am had it not been for ballroom. More specifically, my house, the house of Balenciaga. Mm -hmm. You know, you learn a, a level of confidence in yourself and learn how to bring it to the forefront to meet the world mm -hmm. on your own terms. When it comes to the ballroom culture, Miss Lawrence has made a huge mark as the iconic Atlanta mother of the house of Balenciaga. He knows the emotional roots the ballroom has had not only on the black LGBTQ plus movement, but also fashion. Ballroom fashion has influenced so much of popular culture and how we see it today. Mm -hmm. And that is, that is factual, and I'll battle anybody that tries to go against it, right? Right, right. You will see, you know, just drop dead beauty. Mm -hmm. People like Naomi Campbell, and that is right. on record, you know, has credited Ballroom not for the success of her career, but for her walk being influenced. Yes. We had a ball with an iconic black woman like Mary J. Blige. Revolt Black News was right there as Miss Lawrence, a true champion and fighter for LGBTQ plus rights, partnered with the queen of hip-hop soul, Mary J. Blige, at her Strength of a Woman Festival. They teamed up for his Purpose Ball, which celebrates Ballroom's impact in the LGBTQ community. It meant everything to me to have Mary J. Blige 
to not only show up, mm -hmm. but participate at the Purpose Ball. And I think I could, I could say this for majority of the black LGBTQ community, black women have always been some of our first allies. Some of the first ones to say, hey, we love you regardless, we support you regardless, mm -hmm. and in fact, help us help you and vice versa. Absolutely. And so to have Mary, who's an iconic woman, oh, having her to show up at a ball, mm -hmm. which is so symbolic of all of those things, mm -hmm. if you go and you watch the moment that Mary came, we call it Grand March, mm -hmm. you know, it, it was history making. And there's even more from Miss Lawrence in the works. Played it Purpose, the Purpose Ball, and so many other things that are going to derive from the purpose, uh, play to purpose, is on the horizon. And uh, yes. I am not playing, honey. I oh, am, we can't wait. I am, I am <laughs> here to get our family and our culture together because that's when they go be scared. Right, that part. And I'm expecting an invite, Miss Lawrence. Oh, baby, you, you don't need no invite. I got you. Thank you. <laughs> Before we wrapped, Miss Lawrence made sure to give me a little reminder of just how far we've come. We were supposed to only remain, you know, underground. And I will take this all the way back, and I'm gonna give a quick uh, uh, black history moment, all the way back to a slave named William Dorsey Swan, mm -hmm. who was a drag queen slave. And of course, back then, they didn't call him balls. He held little parties, if you will, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in his dwellings. Wow. Where he and people like him celebrated themselves. Mm -hmm, this is mm -hmm. back during slavery, at the end of slavery. Mm -hmm. This is back then, right? Mm -hmm. And to think centuries later, decades later, yeah. look at what we're doing now. Yeah, absolutely, wow. Full circle. Yeah. Yeah. And we ain't finished. I can't wait for my invitation to Miss Lawrence's next event. His ballroom events are really making a difference in the LGBTQ plus community. They definitely are. And I'm just trying to figure out how I can be your plus one for the next one. Oh, you got to come on, Mara. Let's go. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but after the break, we are headed from the ballroom to the boardroom. What does it really take to become a mogul? One group of young entrepreneurs is finding out. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's. Welcome back. Ally Financial's Moguls in the Making competition is all about creating opportunities for young black students from HBCUs. At the recent fifth anniversary Moguls Alumni Weekend in Detroit, Assets Over Liabilities hosts Rashad and Troy surprised a group of hopeful entrepreneurs, dropping gems about what it really takes to become a mogul. People say a big family is cliche, but I'm, I was happy to see the people. Giving back to black and brown demographics, especially HBCU students, it's a blessing to be able to do that on my day to day now. Winning really changed my reality. It didn't take long for alumni of Allies Moguls in the Making program to share how this competition positively impacted them and other HBCU students. You see a great deal of confidence. They come in not, not really knowing what they're capable of. By the end of this program, 
they feel like they can tackle anything at all. I didn't think that it could really happen. And I applied that to everything in my life. So now something that was just a possibility before, I'm gonna make that a guaranteed opportunity for me. I can change that with me. I would definitely say this program not only allowed me to meet other students who are interested in entrepreneurship and finance, but it also gave me a scholarship so I could graduate debt-free from Spelman. Five years ago, Ally teamed up with the Thurgood Marshall College Fund to develop what became Moguls in the Making. The goal? To work with HBCUs and help grow financial literacy among black youth. The program fosters economic mobility and shows students the path to becoming moguls and leading businesses and communities. One word kind of sums it up for me, and that's resilience. Uh, resilience dates back to the, uh, the history of HBCUs and, and, and us or them being the only institutions that would accept uh, people of color. But that journey has continued with uh, moguls in the making. I mean, these kids have been resilient from the onset of understanding what the concept was of economic mobility uh, and, and, and being an entrepreneur and entrepreneur. After good food, inspirational panels, and a shout out from Big Sean, these students got to hear from Assets Over Liabilities, Rashad and Troy, two guys that did it, took an idea of fiscal education, worked it, and turned into moguls themselves. One, two, three. The night wrapped with students mingling and making connections while overlooking the beautiful city of Detroit. We have a room full of amazing young professionals, interns, and people who will really be the future of corporate America. The next morning, Jack Howard, Ally's Senior Director of Financial Health and Wellness, taught a workshop called My Money Journey. Money is used to buy things to hide emotions. This, this is how I got here. It's years of buying stuff. That's why I look fresh all the time. So many times with our young black and brown people, they don't have access to corporate America. Well, they're not living across the street from the CEO who will hire them for an internship. So what we're doing with this program is giving social capital. When you come to Moguls in the Making, you're meeting all of our C-suite executives. Now when you're looking for a job, you can go straight to the CEO. Next up, a community celebration. Where they got to pay homage to the Motor City by hanging in this classic ride, enjoying local ice cream, creating art, and getting some golden advice on money and education. It's all about planting the seed that's going to harvest down the lane. What's going to spark the change the next generation? The fifth annual Moguls Alumni Weekend wrapped with Rashad and Troy hosting a lightning round with Detroit's Haha Davis and Icewear Vezo, showing the community and all these ally moguls in the making that all the hard work and education can pay off. Having uh, somebody come to speak to us about these things didn't happen. And so, you know, being at the forefront of it and being in a position where we can relay these messages because we've lived through some of these things and had some life experiences to give information about I mean, it's vital. Having that type of insight from people that actually done it before um, would have been extremely insightful for me at that age. So I think that they definitely you know, are ahead of the game. If you're interested in becoming a mogul in the making, the fifth competition is coming this fall. Head over to ally.com slash moguls for more info. We love to see it, and our community definitely needs more moguls. 
Before we go, this weekend, Revolt Black News will be at Walmart's Makers Studio at the Rock the Bells Festival in New York as we prepare to celebrate 50 years of hip hop. The Makers Studio will be celebrating black makers of all types with a focus on those who have fueled the culture. From custom merge to a refresh station with black owned brands, festival attendees can explore, find inspiration and make their moment. And next week, there is a special Revolt Black News Weekly for hip hop's big day. You do not want to miss it. Well, that wraps it up for us. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Twitter, Revolt on YouTube, our Revolt Black News podcast, and download the Revolt app. Until next time, good night, everybody. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.